Hello and welcome to another edition of Ask the Experts here on City News 570. I'm joined today by Faisal Suziwala. Faisal is ranked within the top five real estate brokers in the world for Remax. He's also Canada's top real estate broker. Faisal started his career at the young age of 18 and has been delivering outstanding results for over 30 years now, most notably with Remax Twin City Realty. Faisal is here today to talk real estate, real estate predators, and who are those folks willing to buy your home for cash? Hello and welcome to the show, Faisal. Hi, Brock. How are you? I'm great. And uh, we were doing this a couple of weeks ago. It was so great that we we're able to have you back on again. Listeners, if you are interested in any of the information we discuss over the next hour, please reach out to Faisal. You can start your journey at homeshack.com. You can call him directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. Later in the show, I'd like to spend a little bit of time talking with Faisal more about his book, The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker. The book is currently available on Amazon and Audible and Kindle. But in the meantime, so much to talk about over the next hour. Faisal, we just had another interest rate hike. Can you give us a market update? How are things looking four weeks into the new year? So there, there's a lot of activity that has started already in the marketplace. Uh, of course, the interest rates have just gone up by a quarter percent, uh, which we don't know what that's going to do to the market at this point, but I don't expect it's going to have a huge impact, believe it or not. Um, okay. So the, the prime is going to be up to 6.7%, which is a significant jump from what we've been accustomed to, but it's only a quarter percent higher than what it was. We don't know at this point if the fixed lending rates with the big banks will be affected. It will definitely affect prime. So if you're on a variable, you'll be impacted. There's no question. But if you're not on a, um, if you're off here on a fixed rate, or if you're looking at uh, fixing a rate, there may be some opportunity to leave uh, the rate as it is and not see any further increases. So um, coming into the spring market, we typically see activity increase anyways, and that brings higher valuation. So in a, any given year from March through till July, we'll see an uptick of about three to 5% in the market. And that's why typically we will encourage sellers to sell their homes coming into that, you know, mid-February, March, April, May, June market, especially in our region where commuters seem to be uh, coming into um, where attractive and, and those folks are moving in typically around that June, July, so they can have their kids settled in by September. So with these interest rates, um, you know, again, we've talked about this in previous shows where, uh, this is the measure that is being used to control inflation. This is the tool. And it seems that this is the only uh, tool in the toolbox for Mr. Tiff uh, to, to be using. And I, and I don't agree with it. It's a supply chain issue. Um, what I'm finding, though, and I don't know if you're seeing this, Brock, or not, but uh, big corporations, I believe, are going to profit from this. Mm -hmm. and they're going to profit as a result of yes so the whole idea of in increases increasing rates is to get you know costs down make things more affordable i don't know about you but i haven't seen much more affordability out there go to the grocery store go to the gas right. pumps um have we seen this take so someone is making a lot of money or some corporations are making a lot of money as a result of this because they're still saying supply chain is an issue and they're still seeing material and Again, you know, we've rested on the laurels of this COVID 
uh, situation for long enough. I, and I don't believe that the solution is just raising rates. Maybe it's part of it. Uh, yes, we were up to eight in June on the inflation rate. We're now down to what, 6.5. But if you go back to, um, you know, February of, of, of last year, we were mm -hmm. at 6.8. So there was a little bit of hike as, as the rates went up. And now we're just right back to where we were. So I don't know. I'm bringing it down to 2%. At, we would have to be at 12% interest rates to get, get inflation down to 2% at the rate we're going currently. And, and that idea of, you know, throwing the idea of supply chain issues out there, that seems to be such an easy one to just, it's, it's th they're throwaway words really at this point, right? Where the idea is it not, that's not that we can't keep coming back to that. There's got to be other things that are happening out there. And you're right here, are these corporations that are, are looking at an opportunity and they're taking advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, and and, and these these uh, tools are antiquated. They're from the seventies and eighties. In the seventies and eighties, yes, you raise interest rates to get inflation under control. But there's so much more that's happening now, and we've evolved. Unfortunately, I don't think the government has. And this is what we're facing right now. And and unless they can come up with another solution or another option other than just using interest rates to to control inflation i don't think that we're going to get this under control you had talked about people that are you know maybe maybe their mortgage is coming to and they they you know they're they're hesitant because they know what's going on right now if that if you if if a client came to you with that sort of concern are you going to say to them look lock in for 2 years keep, you know just kind of keep your fingers crossed let's see what's going to happen don't be locking in for 5 years just we're we're going to take this sort of six, six months at a time sort of thing? I, I, I'm suggesting definitely two, maximum three years. Uh, it does, like anything, it takes time for it to, to um, initiate and then it takes time for it to absorb and then it takes time for it to correct. And I believe that at some point, maybe 18 months down the road, two years down the road, we're going to see the adjustment downwards and there's going to be pressure. Um, I was at a... Um, uh, a conference where an economist was speaking and he used an excellent example. And his example was that, you know, just like taking that ball and uh, volleyball and, and pushing it down in the swimming pool and holding it down there for a long period of time, which is what the interest rate hike is doing is it's holding that ball down. When they release that ball, it's just going to pop out, right? And it's going to pop up high and we're going to see all of that. It's sort of that pent up demand. Um, and, and that's exactly, and the, what frustrates me about this whole situation is when COVID started back in March of 2020, um, the government was announcing that interest rates are going to remain low for a long period of time. We're going to see these low rates for a long period of time. So what did consumers do? Consumers went out there and they spent money. They took on higher debt. They were being assured by the banks, by the government, that these rates are going to remain low. There was all kinds of historical data that if you just follow the variable, you know, for the last 20 years, if you just follow the variable rate, you're going to be much further ahead than locking in. So nobody locked in. Everybody waited. And I'm talking professionals, people that are that are in the business. And I include myself in that. I looked at that as well and said, yeah, you know, you're right. I've never really had to lock in a rate. I've always come out ahead by just playing the variable game. So why would I lock in? And then boom. We are at the highest 
uh, rate since 2007 right now, right? Um, and, and, and we've had what, uh, uh, we're 16 times the lowest rate that we were at. So when we look at all of these things, it's just too much too soon to absorb. And, you know, yeah, we can sort of pacify ourselves by saying, um, we're going to get used to this, we're going to get used to this. It's not like it was before where, you know, yeah, rates were 12%, they came down to 10. And we were really happy about that, you know, back in the uh, late uh, 80s, early 90s, uh, when, when things started to settle a little bit. But we're not in that situation right now, because the values are so much higher. And, and, and when you look at the income levels, the income hasn't gone up at the same pace as the valuations have gone up on our spend. Maybe we can we can shift shift gears a little bit here. And I know one of the things that you wanted to talk about today, this idea of looking at the, the market right now, what are some of the things that buyers and sellers really should be aware of? You use the word predators. Maybe you want to, if, if you want to even just introduce that idea, and maybe we can come back to it in that next section. But may I, I want to give you the floor right now. Kind of where where should what are the things that we need to be aware of right now? Unfortunately, we're in a time of crisis right now, and people are acting out of impulse or out of emotion or out of desperation. And when that happens, uh, I've seen it over my 35-year career, you get the predators. They're out there. They're fishing. They're looking for opportunities. There's opportunists. Then they're saying, hmm, you know what? People are falling behind on their rates. They're falling behind on their mortgages. They're not able to renew. Uh, this is the time to get out there. But it's not just... Um, Independent buyers, corporations are doing this. Realtors may be doing this, unfortunately. Um, companies such as, um, you know, water softener companies, heating companies, furnace companies, hot water heater companies. They're all saying, you know what? Don't spend the money in buying, uh, you know, buying that furnace for $4,000 right now. Let us put you on a payment plan. You know, times are tough. And they're, they're coming across as being your friend. But what they're really doing is they're 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 contractually obligating you to 10, 12, 15 years of suffering um, and high costs. So this is where you know a lot of this predatory business starts happening. Um, high interest rates are being charged. Private money is expensive right now. You know to get a private loan, a private right. mortgage. Um, it, there's just a lot of that type of practice that we see emerging in these times. So. It's just a word of caution to really have a second thought before engaging or entering into something. Are you okay if we come back to that after the break? Absolutely. All right. We are coming up on a break here on Ask the Experts. When we come back, we'll keep talking a little bit more about real estate predators, the other people to be aware of, and we're going to get started talking about reverse mortgages, what you need to know about that as well, too. Stay with us here on City News 570. Back to the show. My guest today is Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book, The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker, Faisal Suziwala. Listeners, if you would like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, faisal at homeshack.com. Before the break, Faisal, we were talking about this idea of predators in the real estate market, in the housing market, and you you got into that some of the details there. What what do we what do we need to be aware of when we're working with with certain organizations and certain uh, certain companies, for example? 
So, you know, we're finding right now with, with these times of crisis, uh, people are acting out of emotion. They're acting out of impulse. They're acting out of desperation. They don't know where to turn. So they are turning to people who they think are professionals for advice. And, you know, sadly, in the last um, month and a half to two months since these rates have really started impacting people and people will sort of sustain and they'll get through a couple of months, three, four months, and they'll just sort of, you know, tread water as long as, as much as they can. But it, there comes a time where they just have to pull the chute and say, I can't do this anymore. And then what happens? Um, they fall behind and then you get the letters and that. And, and, and sadly, like I said, in the last uh, few months, I've seen those situations where people are about to lose their home. They've had their third month of non-payment. The lawyers are sending them expensive uh, letters say, making claims. And these folks have nowhere to turn but private lending, um, basically loan sharking, and and the terms that are, that these folks are charging. Um, and and you know we were talking at the break. It's not it's not illegal, but it's immoral, and it just feels wrong. And unfortunately, they're putting people into a situation where knowingly those folks are never going to be able to recover from that type of debt. So. They have to look at options. And sometimes the option is the, the 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 door knock from a realtor or from an investor or from someone saying, hey, I can get you out of this mess. So instead of helping that person uh, get the most out of their home and mm -hmm. sell that property for the highest possible price, um, there are people who are acting unethically and saying, well, you know what, let me cut you a check and stop the pain, stop the bleeding. Always get two, three, four opinions. Talk to family. Talk to uh, your lawyer. Talk to your accountant. Talk to someone you respect that isn't out to get you and ask them for their advice, for their objective advice before you enter into any contract. I have met with a couple of individuals just in the last two months. They were about to sign on the dotted line, and I'm, I, I'm glad they called me. And we were able to get them excessive amount of money that they would have just left on the table or given up just because they felt so desperate they felt they had no other option and it may sound great like hey i'll buy your house for a really good good price to get you get you out of this mess i'll take care of all your debt there might be a lot of equity there so but i'll take care of all your debt and i'll let you live here for free for a year if it sounds too good to be true it probably is and it's only it's only good for that for the predator um Speaking of predatory actions, you know, like like I said, we were talking about supply chain and how, you know, interest rates are just making corporations even richer because they're not really adjusting their prices. So we're seeing a lot of this type of activity happening. And this always happens in these times because they know they can take advantage of people. Um, one of the other topics that uh, that we wanted to discuss today was reverse mortgages. Right. And um, and and I I don't quite want to use the term predatory uh, with reverse mortgages, but it's borderline. Um, right. And what it is, it's it's going after um, seniors in most cases. Uh, but you don't have to be technically a senior. As I'm approaching fifty five, I don't want to say that I'm approaching seniorhood here. But you have no, to be. You're not even halfway. You're not even halfway done. Not even halfway. Good. <laughs> But as you, um, if you're 55 years old, you qualify for a reverse mortgage. So let me just sort of give you the Coles note version of what a reverse mortgage is. Reverse mortgage is where a lender 
gives you a certain portion of the equity from your home in advance and you make no payments on it. Okay. And so it's basically, here's $200,000. You owe nothing to us at this point. We'll just let the uh, equity within your home start using that to make the payments on the money that uh, we've lent you. And at some point, when you sell your home or if you pass away, that's when that money becomes due and payable. Okay. Okay. So it sounds pretty good in principle that, hey, that's not bad. Now, if you're 55 years old, you may want to think twice about that because with the compounding of interest over time, you know, you might run out of equity before you run out of life. You right. might outlive. You know, so you don't really want to take that if you're going to consider taking that. You don't want to take that too early on in the game. You may want to wait till you're 65 or 70 years old if that's an option you're concerned. And I'm not saying it's not a good option. I'm saying really think twice before entering that because it's a very expensive option. And there are so many alternatives to a reverse mortgage. In Canada, there's a monopoly. There's only two banks, which is Home Equity Bank, CHIP, CHIP, uh, yep. uh, you've probably seen the ads on television, um, right. and, and Equitable Bank. Now, it's interesting, you know, they get in the US, they've got Tom Selleck with his big mustache on television saying how great it is and how it saved his friends from losing their homes and they can retire and die there and, and never have to worry about anything. And then, you know, we've got Kurt Browning here uh, doing it on uh, Chip. It was interesting. Um, in, in preparation for this, I was on, on the web and I was Googling reverse mortgages and I was just trying to get a calculator, just a calculator to calculate if I borrow $200,000 at the age of 60, and let's say I'm going to live there for till I'm 75 years old, until I go into a home or something, um, what would it actually cost me? It was probably about 45 minutes of Google wow. searches before I stumbled upon and, 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 and credit to Equitable Bank because Home Equity Bank, I couldn't get to a calculator to save my life. It just got me to another email that I had to uh, enter, another phone number I had to enter because they want to make a phone call to you and talk you into this idea. Uh, but after really digging deep into these websites and finding, I finally found through Equitable Bank, one of their mortgage calculators. And I just for fun thought, okay, I'm 60 years old. I'm going to take, I've got my house is worth $800,000. I would like a 200,000. No, I want to know what I qualify for. So it said okay. at 60 on an $800,000 home, I qualify for $200,000. They'll cut me a check for $200,000. Then the next task was for me to find out what is my interest rate going to be on right. that the interest rate is prime, which we just talked about earlier, 6.7% plus 2.69. Ouch. Okay. Yeah. So let's do some rough math. Nine, nine and a quarter percent. Okay. That's your interest rate now. But they're not advertising the interest rate. It took me a good hour to get to that number. Then when I finally was able to input the numbers um, into, into the calculator, um, at the age of 75, my interest charge on $200,000 borrowed will be $607,459. Okay. 
it my reverse mortgage payable is still $200,000. I still owe that, okay. And uh, the remaining equity, if my home value continues to grow for the next 15 years, right. okay, and there's no plus, there's no positive on that because if no. you look, we've had a 35% drop since the high in the last year. So let that $800,000 home will be worth 1.2 million at right. 15 years. So my equity now has depleted and I only have $438,000 on a home that I had 800,000, but it's also eaten up $607,000 in interest money. So I'm just cautioning seniors and people who are considering because those ads look sexy, you know, Oh, you know, I could get this and I'm on vacation and buying my car and I'm you know, paying for my kid's wedding. And you know, all those great things that are coming out of these things. It's not what it's made out to be and really do the math. This is the calculation you want to do. If anybody's considering getting a reverse mortgage, I now have the calculator. Give me a call. Let oh, me and show it to them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you, the, the thing that drives me crazy is the idea that that 200,000 that there, we're going to give you 200,000. It's, it's really, it's my money. And, and if, if I look at it in the long run, I'm going to sell this. If I walked out today and sold this house for $800,000, right. That that's, that's all mine. You're, you're getting, you're giving me what's mine, but then I'm going to have to turn around and give you $650,000 plus the 200,000. It's, it's unreal. And it, and the other piece, and you you touched on this a little bit, people need to think about what are they taking the money for? Is it a necessity? Because that that's awful if you've got to do that and it's for groceries and all of those things. That's that's one thing. But if it's for these 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 other wants, and and you really have to balance those things out. There you we know there are better ways to go about. You need to borrow two hundred thousand dollars. There's somewhere else that you can get that less than than ten percent, basically. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. If you have a home that's $800,000, which is paid off, what's stopping you from going to your bank and just getting a home line of credit? And that home line of credit, here's the beauty of that. You pay as you go. You may not need that full $200,000 today. In fact, it's probably not wise to have that $200,000 sitting cash in your account and you're paying interest on that. So get a home line of credit, credit a HELOC, which allows you to draw as you need. Maybe you have some, some money coming in or you're able to pay it down, but the interest rate on that is going to be significantly lower. So again, go and talk to your banker. Ask them what their rate's going to be. The other downfall of this home um, reverse mortgage is when you pass on, your debt becomes payable and due immediately. So That's now your estate right must sell your property. Yeah, yeah, they can't because they can't assume the debt. So if, for example, if you wanted to leave that home to your son or daughter or, or nephew or whoever, whomever, your survivor, um, they don't have the option of just taking over the debt and continuing uh, or having that home. They now have to pay that debt off immediately. Unreal. Let's take a quick break, and and this is this is a, a hot button topic, and I and I do want to talk more about it, Faisal. We know we'll take a break. Uh, we'll get an update from the City News five seventy center. When news center, when we come back, folks are willing to buy my home for cash. What's that all about? Stay with us here on City News five seventy. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book The Real Deal, billion dollar real estate broker Faisal Suziwala. If you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com 
You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or email Faisal at homeshack.com. Before the break, we were getting fired up about a few things, about predators and, and reverse mortgages and those things. The other thing that we've talked about before those folks that have offered to buy my home for cash, it looks like it's a handwritten note that comes in the mail, or I've seen those signs up on street corners. What's that all about? Who who would I be dealing with, Faisal, if I actually went through with that? Well, you might be dealing with a predator, so be very careful. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, so, I mean, there are those yellow, green, white, tacky signs that we see at street corners that say, I buy your home for cash. And, you know, it, it might sound appealing, right? So you call that number and you get a visit from one of these individuals. We'll call them wholesalers, okay? Because they wholesale these homes to investors or they might buy them themselves. And what they're doing is basically they're selling you on the idea that, hey, you may need a new roof or your basement leaks and you know, your house is a mess. You don't have to even worry about all that. We will just cut you a check take a couple of months, whatever, move out, take your time, you get your money, you're gone. But they're buying it at a, such a massive discounted rate. And most sellers are not realizing how much money they're actually leaving on the table. Initially, it sounds like a good idea, right? Because you, you've got somebody coming in, you don't have open houses, you don't have agents coming in, you don't have to pay a commission. So it sounds like a pretty good deal. But when you look at the net dollar amount that you're actually getting, it's in excess of 20 to 25% discount from wow. the true value of that property. So you have to ask yourself, is that, in, is that inconvenience worth an extra 20% in your pocket? We know how hard we work to earn our money. So on an average home that's $800,000, if you're leaving $160,000 on the table, and let me remind you that that $160,000 in Canada is tax-free money. There's no capital gains tax. So you, if you're in a fairly high tax bracket, you could be paying up to 50% tax. That means you'd have to earn $320,000 to get $160,000 in your pocket. So why would you leave that amount of money on the table just because you didn't have to show your home? You didn't. Now, legitimately, there are people out there that have a bunch of renovations that they need to do to a home and they just can't afford to do it. And they're going to suffer a, a loss on the value of their home because it's not going to show well. And there's a lot of deferred maintenance that needs to be done. So we have to look at, okay, what are the alternatives to that? And we'll talk about that in a minute as to what can be done to assist those folks that are doing that, but taking on these situations discounted. Um, and what are those folks doing that are buying these homes? They're coming in, they're renovating them, and within two to three months, they're flipping these homes for two, $300,000 more than what, and in many cases, they're just putting some makeup on those homes. They're not going in there and renovating it, like putting new kitchens, new bathrooms. They're putting some flooring in, they're painting, they're doing some odds and ends, they're making it look pretty and putting it back on the market. Now, we're seeing that type of behavior happening again right now because people are falling behind. They're having a tough time renewing their mortgages. They might feel embarrassed. They don't want their neighbors to know there's a for sale sign on their front lawn because they couldn't make. But, you know, think about your future. Think about your children's future. Think about the money you're leaving on the table and don't fall into these traps. Similarly, we're getting those flyers in the mail. And you might right. think, wow, it's my lucky day. I got this handwritten note 
from someone who wants to be in my neighborhood, wants to live here because my father is moving in. You know, it's a beautiful note. My father, my family member wants to live in this area. We identified your home as being one of the nicest homes. It would be an honor for us to own your house. And, you know, I've seen every letter, okay? And sadly, there are even realtors that are involved in doing these things, which, which is not ethical at all. But at the end of the day, that's the predatory uh, actions that we're seeing in the marketplace right now. So be very careful when someone is approaching you or those handwritten letters may not actually be handwritten. They might be printed uh, by a printer, but they look like they're handwritten. And again, it's sad to say, and I should give seniors more credit, but I, and again, I apologize if I'm offending anyone, but it's seniors that are getting taken advantage here. They're, they're, they're unsuspecting. They're, they're feeling that this is a really nice person knocking on my door saying that my house is worth this. I bought my house in 1968 for $13,000 and they're offering me $600,000. So it's a really nice person that's wanting to buy my home. And he's got a nice young family that's going to move in. None of that actually ever happens. It's all lies. And at the end of the day, they're profiting and you're left with less money in your pocket. So those are the those are the cautions right now that I have to speak about that just don't get wrapped up. Look at your options. Do you find too, and I don't know if it happens very often, but let's say someone passes away and then it falls on the the family members to to who may not be interested in buying the, the home that the person was in. It, it is sort of a quick fix, right? And maybe in some cases, it's like, I don't want to deal with the emotional part of, of owning this home. Um, and that's, the, I, I think you're right, that idea, the predators start to swarm around again, right? And they're looking at, and that's that's awful to think that way. But some people look at it, hey, this is my business. I'll, I'll take that off your hands, because you don't want to be dealing with all of the memorabilia, all of the things that the mementos and so on. Does that happen in, 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 the, in the real world when we're looking at stuff? Well, all the time. In fact, I'm I probably deal with that situation once or twice a month with my clientele. Having been in the business as long as I have, I'm, I'm sadly seeing people pass on and their family members are in that position. And that's where, you know, you need to reach out to professionals who offer services that will take all of that away from your plate and let them handle it. Whether it's getting the home renovated, managing the renovation, getting it ready, getting it cleaned up, getting it emptied out, don't just walk away from it from an emotional perspective and say, I can't deal with this. Like your parents or whoever has passed on would not have had that intention for you just to walk away and let somebody else deal with it. Uh, sorry, or give it away to somebody after they put so much love and effort into building this most likely for you. So honor their memory by doing whatever you can and, and know their intent that they would have wanted you to have some benefit from that what's left behind for you. And that's where, um, you know, and I'll talk about these unfortunate circumstances where someone's about to lose their home because they're three months behind on their on their mortgage payments. And I've had this situation um, just before Christmas where, where, where someone was about to lose their home and they thought their only option was to go with this, you know, wholesaling situation where I'll call the person that gave me a flyer that's the handwritten note, they're going to take my, they offered uh, approximately $300,000 less than what I ultimately sold the home for. And wow. the, the way I was able to assist these people, and like myself, there are many realtors, there are many great realtors out there that will do exactly what I did. 
And what I did was I said, we're going to stop the bleeding today. Right. We're going to loan you the money interest-free because I realize I'm going to have the business. Right. I'm going to sell. I'm going to earn my commission. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the next step. I'm going to help you get out of this the arrears. So if you're three months behind, you're probably ten to twelve thousand dollars behind on your on your mortgage payment. You're a little bit behind on your property taxes. You may have to pay the lawyers who have been sending you these nasty letters. So let's call it twenty thousand dollars. Okay. So let's make them whole. Let's pay them their twenty thousand dollars to stop any further action and to give us some time to get your home prepared and on the market. Within 60 days, we will sell your home. We will pay off the debt. We will pay off all your creditors and you don't have to give up. And at least you're going to come out with some equity as opposed to walking away from that home. Now, the lender has the duty to mitigate your losses. But do you think that lender is really going to worry about how much you're getting? They just want to get what, they, what they're owed. That's right. And, and the fees that will get racked up are just enormous. You know, it could be up to 10% more than what the value of the of the mortgage is just to get them to be able to service the sale of this property. That's number one, helping people stop the bleeding of that mortgage payment. But as a seller, as a homeowner, it's important that you don't let it go too long. Don't call your realtor three days before the sheriff is going to show up to lock the door because that's getting really late. We've had that situation. And we've been able to help people in the past, even on that circumstances where we've been able to, because a lot of people don't realize that just because um, possession has been taken away from you does not mean you've lost your home yet. Right. And, and, and you have the opportunity and the right to redeem your property back before the sale of that property, provided you pay everybody off. So it's never a lot lost battle until it's completely sold and somebody else has taken possession. Um, the other option here is why do people call these guys on the sign is yeah. because they don't do the renovations. They don't have the money to do the renovations. Again, as a realtor, um, on my website, I have a program that's interest-free money, $25,000, loaned to you. You can hire your own trades, have your renovations done in preparation. And I consult with the seller to say, let's, we don't need a brand new kitchen. Maybe we can fix the doors. Maybe we can change the countertop. Maybe we can just change some flooring and do some painting and freshening up. So we don't need to do a $100,000 renovation. We can do a $20,000 renovation. So I will finance that at no interest charges until the home is sold. When the home is sold, the seller's, solicitor just refunds the money that I that I spent on it and right. what I do is everyone's got a contractor everyone's got a friend that can probably do the work for a lot less so we're not in it to gain um, service contracts and, and, and feed our uh, contractors you can hire your own contractor we just pay the bill and that allows people to get the renovations done and it's a win-win makes my job a lot easier to sell it they make more money. Ultimately, I benefit from that as well because my 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 pay is based on the selling price. So everybody in this 
situation is going to benefit. And that's one of the reasons that I'm happy to lend the money to a seller until to facilitate any renovations, to facilitate any mortgage payments, and to take the heat and the pressure off of them. So when an offer comes in, they're able to make a thoughtful decision as opposed to making a decision of desperation or impulsiveness. Faisal is going to give you the breathing room and he's going to allow you to catch your breath and, uh, and, and makes decisions, not just based on emotions. We'll take a final break here, Faisal. When we come back, can we talk about your book a bit? Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Uh, we're going to spend some time discussing the real deal, billion dollar real estate broker and uh, stay with us here on city news, five seventy. Welcome back to the show. My guest today, Faisal Suziwala, also known as Canada's top real estate broker. Listeners, if you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. Uh, before the break, Faisal, we were talking about Things that sound really too good to be true. Faisal's not going to put a letter in your mailbox that makes it, he's not, he might send you a real letter, but uh, not one that looks like it's been copied over and over and over again. He does a lot of writing and in fact, spent some time writing a book. So the real deal, billion dollar real estate broker, author Faisal Susie Walla, this project of yours, uh, it gave you a chance to, to share your thoughts, your ideas, your guidance with anyone willing to take the time to read in your mind, what are the key messages you hope people can take away when uh, when they're they're thumbing through your book? My, my the, the intent behind the book was, and, and and COVID actually afforded me the opportunity to write it because uh, I had some downtime and I was able to really put everything I had worked on previously on paper. Um, it was to basically outline my journey. And, and the reason I wanted to do that, number one, was for my children, because it's it's not a situation where I can sit down with my kids and say, well, you know, this is what I went through. You know, I, yeah, I, all these struggles I ha I faced, but I wanted them to have some sort of a uh, a roadmap of what it takes to achieve certain things in life. And God forbid, if they're ever in a situation to have that as an inspiration for them, with that you know what, it's never you're never down and out you're never destitute enough to say i can't do something and it was really you know sometimes you learn from your own journey sometimes you learn from the experiences of others and i want to share my experiences so that someone who was maybe a young person at 18 years old being rejected from um you know their first real estate job from feeling that oh i'm a visible minority i'm too young um you know uh, i'm an immigrant i um I'm not, I'm not going to be taken seriously. Um, or you're being told to, to fit into a certain mold. Um, you know, I come from a South Asian background. You either got to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. And I didn't want to be any of those. Um, so, so how do you, how do you sort of pave your own way and how do you succeed and where does that passion come from? So that's part of it. The other part of it was, um, sharing, uh, uh, building your sort of wealth journey. Um, I didn't come from any sort of wealth. I, I, I started uh, very, very modestly and I tried to each year do a little bit better and build my portfolio and organically became someone who was an investor, who was a land developer, who was a, uh, a commercial property owner. And it wasn't something I had set out to do. It just organically happened. 
through that journey, a lot of my clients uh, who had seen me evolve through my through my life and through my career would often ask me, well, you know, Faisal, you know, share your ideas. Like, what do you think? And I never looked at myself as someone that was a realtor to help people build wealth or help people invest in real estate. I was just the guy that came up to your house, listed your house, sold your house, and that was it. And I still do that to this day. Yep. But personally, I was building a portfolio. And, and a few of my clients asked me, can I help them? Can I help them build their portfolios? And I thought, hey, that's a great idea. And I started sharing that. And it started blowing up. And it all of a sudden, I had hundreds of clients asking me to do this. So that was the sort of the middle part of the book. It's talking about uh, building your investment portfolio, the strategies, um, the procedures you go through, the resources you need how to save money, how to connect with certain people, how to create partnerships, and the types of properties to identify and what not to be afraid of, like we've talked about in the past, that don't get so focused on cash flow, that you forget about appreciation, focus more on the long game. Real estate is not a short game. You're buying properties for long term. You're thinking about your retirement. You're thinking about your estate. So all of that, I've been able to sort of compile all of my thoughts and my learning into that. And then lastly, I wanted to share uh, being in the business that's been so rewarding to me. I had the benefit of being mentored by some amazing people. I've had the opportunity of being surrounded by some amazing realtors and professionals um, that gave me so much insight, that helped me so much in my career. And I learned so much from their experiences that I want to share my experiences and my strategies and my philosophies for my fellow realtors. Because I would get called often to ask, uh, and I do, I do some coaching as well, but I don't have the ability to coach hundreds of people or do large uh, seminars. So I wanted to put in my book a step-by-step -step from day one of entering this field or any, any field for that matter, and how to grow your business, how to market, how to um, uh, react to certain situations, and what levels of investment and when in your career you should make those investments in order for your personal portfolio to thrive and for your career to also thrive. And you've mentioned a couple of things that, that kind of key on this, that idea you mentioned, you were talking about people that are, you know, that, that may be at that age where they are, you know, passing away and those kinds of things. But in your mind, they have been, and I don't want to, I don't want to use necessarily the word client, but they have been with you along this journey. It's not like people buy and sell houses every couple of years. You've built relationship with people, and those relationships go a quarter of a century in, in some ways. And it's interesting. In my line of work, oftentimes I'll be talking about, you know, what I do for a living and mention, well, well, one of the people I speak, speak with is, is Faisal. And people will say, oh, that's my guy. And I'm thinking, okay, well, how many how many people has he worked with? Well, almost everybody I've talked to, he's like, oh, yeah, he helped me sell my house back when I was – and it's like – You've made that impact. And I know you spend, uh, you've got time that goes into social media. You go into time like this for, for Ask the Experts. But I got I to gotta guess that for you, word of mouth has still got to be almost number one. The things that people say about you, you've, you've built that up and it, it continues to, 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 to snowball uh, even 25 years, 35 years or 30 years later. Yeah, I'm truly blessed and, and, and just so honored um, and so grateful 
uh, that I have such a great community surrounding me and great people surrounding me. And I've had the support from day one, you know, and and, and I, I and I love this region for that reason. Uh, I never have felt like an outsider in this region. They've always made me their own and supported me that way. So I'm I'm eternally grateful for that. You mentioned as well, some people thinking about retirement. I'm guessing you said 55. I'm thinking you're still going to be at this when you're 75. Am I right? Um, I'm useless in every other aspect of my life. So I have, to, I have no choice, Brock, but to do this. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you keep doing it. And and that idea, I, I love the idea that you talked about. You know, COVID gave you that time to, to put... Uh, put the time into this passion. And I think a lot of people looked at it that way. I remember reading something early on at the beginning of the pandemic and someone saying, I just hope I survive. But a lot of other people looked at it and thought, this is my chance. I might not have to, you know, I might not be able to do these other things right now, but where can I put my time? Where can I put my efforts? Because as a creative person like you, you can't, you're right. You can't, you know, there, you can't be, you can't be stumped and and not being having that sort of outlet as well. So I'm glad to hear that, uh, that you're not willing to slow right down. Faisal, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Always a pleasure to chat with you. We've learned something new. Every time we get together, I learn something new. Uh, thanks again for giving us some of your time today. Thank you so much for having me on again, Brock. That was Faisal Susie Walla, Canada's top real estate broker, recently published author of The Real Deal, billion dollar real estate broker, Luckily for us, someone always willing to share his thoughts on the current real estate market. Big thank you to our technical producer, Adam, for pushing all the right buttons. And thanks to you listeners for joining us. You've been listening to Ask the Experts here on City News 570.